All right, we're ready to roll. Okay, we're going to look at Daniel here. But anyway, you think, about, oh, Daniel, Daniel. You know, <clears throat> oh, you know, sometimes we might think Daniel was the guy in the Elton John song, you know. <laughs> I saw Daniel, <laughs> the taillights or whatever. No, this is not the same Daniel. It's another Daniel. Now, but interesting uh, thing about Daniel here, you can see Daniel right there in the, uh, in the, in the index right here. But let, let me go back up here. Notice here's your, here's your uh, index, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Oh, <clears throat> then you got Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and then 1 Samuel. By the time you get to 1 Samuel, that's when uh, uh, basically uh, you're, gonna, you're almost to where you got King David. King Saul, of course, is first, and then you're going to have King David, and then it's going to be king, 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 king. It's interesting, when Jesus comes on the scene, the angel says, his kingdom shall be no end. Huh? Yeah, kingdom. That's what this whole thing is about. But anyway, these kings, you know, yeah, good kings, bad kings, good kings, bad kings, good kings, bad kings. A lot of things you can learn from them, not like, you know, well, oh my gosh, you know, well, I guess God's going to treat me. No, the good kings is just somebody who trusted the Lord, just like David. And you can see how David did it. You can watch him in First and Second Samuel, because that's where he is in First Chronicles too. all the information about uh, King David. But then you can see what he did in the book of Psalms, like the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. Kind of he's there, kind of he's not there. No, that's not what he said. He's my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down green pastures. Well, yeah, but what about when it gets rough? David didn't say it got rough. He said he makes me lie down green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Evil, why? He said, because thou art with me. Well, what David meant was he's with me because when it, if something happens, I'll always be with the Lord. No, he's not. David was expecting to be delivered. He was. Okay, but anyway, now, what about Daniel? It's interesting. When you get to Daniel right here, here you got first and second kings. Why is there not a third king? Because they got they lost their kingdom. <laughs> it holds only from here to here. You basically had from Moses to about right over here, and then it was gone. Wow. They lost their kingdom to a place, I mean, to, a, well, a country, uh, the Babylonians, and a guy by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. All through the scriptures, you hear about this, these this is the story, okay? Now, when you get to Nebuchadnezzar, <clears throat> you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but you're not in Jerusalem anymore. You're basically in Iraq, okay? Basically, where, what, what's it? Baghdad. That was, that was uh, Grand Central Station for uh, Nebuchadnezzar. All right, but now, then what happens with this guy here by the name of, uh, see, it's interesting here, we're passing Psalms. Remember Psalms? A third of those, at least, are David. Proverbs. Anybody got an idea who wrote Proverbs? He was the third king, Solomon. So now you know the time frame. Wow. Ecclesiastes, that's written by Solomon as well. Song of who? Solomon. All right. Isaiah, oh, out of the blue. No, he's not out of the blue. He, Isaiah was at the tail end of these kings. See, look just normally. He tells you right to start. See, sometimes as Christians, we, see, look at this. The message that came to Isaiah, son of Amos, in the visions he saw during the reigns of King Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Now we got the time frame. And then when you read those, you'll go, no wonder he said what he did. Okay? Makes sense. All historical. A lot of wonderful things in Isaiah, but you miss it if you try to apply it to yourself and not realize that, oh my goodness. Now look at Jeremiah. Same guy. Not well, another guy, but watch this. He was, uh, Jeremiah was the priest, the son of Hilkiah, lived in Bethlehem, la da 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 These were in, look at this. In the when? Oh, we don't care about this. Yes, you do. The 13th year of the reign of Ammon's son, Josiah, the king of Judah. Josiah was second to the end of Israel. 
Josiah was, they're all fixing to lose their the kingdom. Nebuchadnezzar was coming. Jeremiah said, Nebuchadnezzar's coming. They were like, no, we're not either. We're going to be fine. Okay, anyway, so that's going to lead us to right here. So what happened next is they are now, they are now, whoo, they're now in Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar attacked, all this kind of stuff. But we're going to go straight to the fifth chapter. Now, uh, now this Belteshazzar, just one, you're going to see this in a moment. He is the king of the Babylonians. Nebuchadnezzar had already passed on. This is his son. They call him Belshazzar. Belshazzar the king invited a thousand of his officers to a great feast where the wine flowed freely. The wine flowed freely. Yeah, they were drinking in there. Same thing, Abraham, Isaac, excuse me. Same thing, Jacob, when Jacob, excuse me, the 12 children of Israel, whatever they are, the sons, they were down there when they met Joseph, and they did not know it was Joseph. He was second to Pharaoh, remember that? Joseph was kind of hiding his identity, and his brothers were there, and he was treating them nice, and the Bible says the wine flowed freely. Well, they were having a feast. Okay, now, we have the details for a reason. This is in your Bible. Uh, I'm trying to stay away from any stories about me. We're just having a, a, a Bible study here in the next few moments. Let's see if we can figure out why we even have this story. It's not about end time, Daniel, end time. Oh, please. Jesus told you about the end time. He's coming back. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be this. There's going to be that and whatever. But you're going to be okay. Not a hair of your head will perish, Jesus said in Luke chapter, oh, let's see, what is it? Uh, Luke 18, 19, no, 21. Anyway, I think so. So Belshazzar the king invited a thousand of his officers to a great feast, and the wine flowed freely. Now remember, a lot of people right here were worshiping other gods, and that's the whole reason the Israelites lost their kingdom. They just forgot about the Lord. They were worshiping idols. Now watch what happened. While Belshazzar was drinking. Now remember, there's nothing wrong with drinking. We have to get over that, okay? That's not the issue. He was reminded of the gold and silver cups taken long before from the temple in Jerusalem. See, Solomon and David, they had so much money invested in that thing. They had gold, silver cups. It was all the Lord's stuff. Anyway, uh, during the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, see, because he attacked Jerusalem. And God said he's coming. Anyway, and he brought him to Babylon. Belshazzar ordered that these sacred cups be brought to the feast. Now, watch. Now there wasn't anything wrong with drinking from these cups. You could do that, but watch what they do with them. They're going to say, hey, let's use this sacred cup and let's present it to our idols. Oh, you great piece of stone here. You great this. How stupid. The great anything was the Lord who had these cups made representing his presence. That's the reason I have these candles. In the temple itself, they had the candle of his presence. They also had the, actually the bread of his presence. And then they had the eternal flame, which is what we got right there. Okay. So you could always, in Jerusalem, you could see the light on in the temple going, yeah, praise the Lord. God's there. You know, that was the whole purpose of it. So anyway, Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, bring out, those, bring out those cups. Yeah. Look what they did. Belshazzar ordered that these sacred cups were brought to the feast. When they arrived, he and his princes, wives, concubines, you know what that is, okay. Now, why, now remember, you, you, anybody know what this story is about? It's called the handwriting on the wall. Guess what? Ghostly, this is going to get scary in a minute. <gasps> a hand's going to show up on the wall and start writing. It's going to start writing. What is it? It's meany, meany, parson, tinkle. Ooh. That's where we get the phrase, the handwriting on the wall. Watch this. It's going to scare the daylights out of everybody here in a minute. Watch this. Now, remember, think about what. Let's see what all we can find out from this. Okay, so anyway, boy, they're eating and drinking out of these things. Look what they're doing. And they drank toast from them to their idols made of gold, silver, brass, iron, and wood, and stone. 
Now remember, not a soul knew who God was during the time of Moses before Pharaoh. That's the reason God did his great grand finale getting them out of there. Nobody knew who God was. Suddenly, as they were drinking from these cups, they saw fingers writing. It scared. Well, let's just read it. They saw fingers of a man's hands writing on the wall. Can you, now, there's not. Remember, we, uh, let's get back. Oh, there's only three people here. No, there's not. It was a. It was, he invited thousands of his officers. Get it right. All right. It's a Trump meeting. Whatever. It's downtown. Twenty thousand people or whatever. Okay, a lot of people there. All right, so here's what happened. Suddenly they saw, as they were drinking from these cups, remember these cups, they saw the fingers of a man's hands writing on the plasters of the wall opposite the lampstand. The king himself saw the fingers as they wrote. His fingers blanched, I mean his face blanched with fear and such terror gripped him that his knees knocked together. So I've never read this. Well, you can read it in the King James. It says about the same thing. I mean, it does. It's just nice in the Living Bible. Pulls it back to Alabama language. Bring the magicians, the astrologers, he screamed. Bring the Chaldeans. Whoever reads that writing on the wall and tells me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of royal honor with a gold chain around his neck and he'll become the third ruler in, it's almost like Dan, uh, excuse me, who, who's that? Uh, Joseph. He'll be second to Pharaoh. He'll become the third ruler in where? The kingdom. But what they came, none of them could understand the writing or tell him what it, Well, you know, we're in the book of Daniel. We know what's going to happen. Daniel did this and he did it three times. Daniel chapter 1, Shadrach, no, excuse me, before, Dan, before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were all set to be executed because Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. <gasps> I mean, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, Daniel was on his way to get executed. He said, whoa, 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 what's happening? Nobody can interpret the dream. Daniel didn't flinch. He said, I can. Stop. Hold up. And Daniel, Daniel chapter 1, read it for yourself. He interpreted that dream for Nebuchadnezzar. Then you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then chapter 5. Okay, no, actually chapter 4, Nebuchadnezzar has another dream. And he already knows about Daniel. He says, Daniel, tell me what this one is. <laughs> and Daniel says, I wish it was anybody but you, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> he liked him. He liked his new boss. In other words, if Russia took over, it was Putin was his boss, whatever. That's basically what happened, you know. He said, if it was anybody but you. Daniel wasn't like, well, I hate you. We hate your guts because we're Jews. No, God was taking care of them the whole time. And Daniel saw, anyway, the Lord had compassion on Nebuchadnezzar. Anyway, he interpreted that dream for Nebuchadnezzar. He basically said, Nebuchadnezzar, sorry, but guess what? You're going to get big-headed. You're going to think this kingdom, you did it all on your own. And he said, the truth is, the Lord helped you do this, okay? And you're going to go crazy for seven years, but then you're going to get your mind back, and you're going to come back. Well, anyway, Nebuchadnezzar, exactly what happened. Right after Daniel said that, he said, thank you for doing that, whatever. Daniel walked out of the room, and then a little while later, all of a sudden... Nebuchadnezzar lost his mind, and for seven years he lost his kingdom, but he got it back. And then when Nebuchadnezzar got it back, he was praising God. You can read it for yourself in Daniel chapter 4. Daniel, I mean, excuse me, Nebuchadnezzar wrote, a, a, I like to say an email, a mass email, put it out on the press, had a press conference, told everybody that it was God who gave him his kingdom back. Because he got his kingdom back, he got all his princes and stuff that he had back, and his, his counselors, they all came back. Anyway, now he's passed away now. Now here's his son. Now his son's going crazy. Now watch, his, his grandmother's going, his mother's going to come in the room. The king grew more and more hysterical. His face reflected the terror he felt. His officers, too, were shaken. And this one like, well, whoopee, I'm going to go home and watch TV. This shook everybody. Whose hand is up there? But when the queen mother, aha, heard what had happened, she rushed to the banquet hall and said to Belshazzar, that's her son, calm yourself, your majesty. Don't be so pale and frightened over this. Now what's got her? She knew about Daniel. 
Never can depend on God. Yeah, you can too. You surely can. Don't be pale and frightened over this. There is a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. Now, that's just her way of putting it. We know we're talking about the Lord. In the days of your dad, the father, uh, this man was found to be full of wisdom, understanding as though he himself were a god. Now, that's just, I mean, it shocked them. I mean, they did. They were, they just, anytime God would do something for you, they start, did in the book of Acts. Paul wouldn't die from being snake bit. They thought he was a god. Okay. In the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, he was made chief of all the musicians, Chaldeans, and soothsayers of, uh, anyway, of Babylon. Call for this man, Daniel. His nickname, they called him, was Belshazzar. As the king called him, for his mind was filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain littles, no, notice, and solve knotty problems. Notice, he's not missing anything here. Now, this is you and I. Everything you do will prosper, Psalm 1 says. We got the details not for going, oh, wow, I can't wait to get to heaven and just meet this guy named Daniel. You are this guy named Daniel. Daniel would tell you, my mom and daddy lost our kingdom. I'm an exile. I got thrown out here in this other country. And let me tell you something. All you need to do is love the Lord and you're going to be all right. Anyway, he'll tell you what this means, his, his mother said. Daniel was rushed to see the king. The king asked him, now here comes the secret stuff. Are you Daniel. Brought from Israel as a captive by Nebuchadnezzar. See, there's your details. They lost their kingdom. He was a slave. I heard that you have the spirit of the gods within you and that you are filled with enlightenment and wisdom. Now, I want to remind you, James chapter 1 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. If you don't know anything, you can ask God and he'll tell you. That's what he says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Well, we don't do that today. We're like, oh, if you want to give it to me, give it to me. You know, I don't know. Should I do this or do that? I don't know. I guess you want me to just bump against walls. No, you don't pray. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Remember that? In all your ways acknowledge him and he'll what? Direct your path. Okay. My wise men and astrologers have tried to read the writing on the wall. Tell me what it means, but they can. I am told you can solve all kinds of mysteries. He didn't say, well, you've done 50% of them. No, it's mercy. If you can tell me the meaning of these words, I'll clothe you with purple robes and a gold chain around your neck and make you the third ruler in the kingdom. Now watch Daniel's answer. Keep your gifts. <laughs> this is where we ought to be today. It's not like, oh, I finally got a financial blessing. We're covered up with financial blessings. Anyway, Daniel goes ahead and says, nah, keep your gifts. But I'll tell you what the writing means. Notice he didn't even flinch. He didn't say, well, let me see. If it's the Lord's will, you know, you're, you, all this, I'm going to preach all y'all to hell. <gasps> y'all were drinking out of the Lord's sacred cups. Y'all are going to burn in hell. He didn't say that. That's not the point. They were worshiping their gods that were no gods. And Daniel had the opportunity to say, you know, y'all are worshiping a bunch of sticks and stones. I'm going to tell you about the real God. And that's what was happening here. Keep your gifts, your majesty. And he says this, the most high God gave your dad, Nebuchadnezzar, who long ago preceded you, a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. He gave him such majesty that the nations of the world trembled before him in fear. He killed any who offended him and spared any he liked. At his whim, they arose or fell. But when his heart and mind, this was chapter 5, the no, chapter 4, and Nebuchadnezzar wrote about this. His heart was hardened. Anyway, God removed him from his throne, took away his glory. He was chased out of his palace into the field. He acted like a cow. And, uh, I mean, he did. He was roaming, eating grass like he lost his mind. His thoughts and feelings became those of an animal. He lived among the wild donkeys. He ate grass like cows, and his body was wet with the dew. 
of heaven. Until at last, he knew that the Most High overrules the kingdoms of men and appoints anyone who desires to reign over them. Now, I want to make a little point here because we hear fables and all this kind of stuff. Nebuchadnezzar is in your history books. Babylon is in your history books. These, these, the Chaldeans, the Medes, I tell you what, they get history from the Bible. <laughs> if you go back and look, I've, take, I've taken Western Civ and I'm like, I know that, I know that, I know that. Praise the Lord for the Bible. <clears throat> and you, his successor, that's his son, you knew all this, yet you have not been humble. Wow. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, we need to be humble. Let's get the story. I mean, are we going out and getting sacred cups and going and worshiping the devil? No, we're not doing that. We are, we're in the Bible Belt. We know who God is. So let's get the other things we see from this. These guys, they, uh, he said, you've defiled the Lord of heaven and brought here these cups from his temple. You and your officers, wives, concubines, have been drinking wine from them while praising the gods of silver. Oh, you've made our kingdom so great. We worship you, oh, idol that. Let's see, who were the guys that built this thing? Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You carved his eyes, you carved his legs. They've lost their mind worshiping something that's not even real. Anyway, <clears throat> gods that, look at that, neither see nor hear nor know anything at all. Boy. Now, there's a lot you can get from that. Our God sees and he knows, and I mean, he'll help you too, but let me just keep going. But you've not praised the God who gives you breath and life and controls your destiny. So God sent these fingers and wrote this message. Now, these are the words that were on the wall. Meanie, meanie, here it is. Tinkle Parson. What is that? Well, see, he's going to tell you. This is what it means. Meanie, numbered. God's numbered the days of your reign. And they're ended, okay? Tinkle means weighed. You've been weighed in the God's balances and failed to test. Parson means divided. Your kingdom will be divided. History lesson, it happened. Going to be given to the Medes and the Persians. Daniel knew this before it even happened. Well, God was trying to tell him, look, y'all can do what you want to. See, God was getting everything down to the point where what? There, a child will be born. And his kingdom be no end. Leading up to the kingdom about Jesus. Anyway, so watch what happened. Now remember, just think of yourself being Daniel. <clears throat> then Belshazzar, command, that was the king. Daniel was robed in purple, even though he said he didn't want it. A gold chain hung around his neck, and he was proclaimed number three in the kingdom. Just like who? Joseph. <laughs> Mercy. That very night, uh-oh, the Chaldean king was killed. Darius the Mede, hey, we've heard him, entered the city and began reigning at age 62. Now, there's no markers in all this stuff. So watch what happens. I'll just give you a little tip right here. No, I'm not going to say it. Let's see if you see what's coming. Darius, he's the new king, divided the kingdom into 120, 120 provinces. The governors were accountable to these three presidents. You're just a Christian. Yeah, you're a Christian, all right. And where should you be? You, you should read the book of Daniel and go, you know what? I don't think I'm doing as great as the Bible says I'm supposed to be doing. That's right. Everything you touch should be turned into gold. It should be prospering. You're like trees planted by the rivers of water. That's in Psalm 1. How could you miss that? You know, you even have that in uh, oh, oh, James chapter 1 as well. Oh, anyway. So anyway, Daniel was one of them, so the king could administer the kingdom efficiently. Daniel proved himself uh, more capable than all the other presidents and governors. Oh, that Daniel. He's, he got it from the Lord. Daniel 1 says so. Now watch this. He had great ability, and the king began to think of placing him over the entire empire. Now, at work, where I'll just, I'll, and this is just where I am. I, I have money at work, the way our contract works for the Army out here. This is my last week out there. But guess what? Because of these things, 
It ain't my last week. I know better. I'm not worried. And I want to stay out there too. So there's several things on the table that might happen this week. But anyway, nonetheless, I'm not worried about it. The Lord will take care of it. He really will. It's, I'm not going anywhere. I'll stay right out there. Why do you think that? I can read. Okay. Oh, this made the other presidents and governors very jealous. Can anybody guess what's fixing to happen? Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah, here it is. This made the other presidents and governors, boy, they were jealous. And they began searching for to find some fault why Daniel was handling uh, uh, his affairs so that they could complain to the king about him. But they couldn't find anything to criticize. He was faithful and honest and made no mistakes. Boy, praise the Lord. So they concluded our only chance is his religion. They decided to go to the king and say, hey, King Darius, live forever. We presidents, governors, counselors, deputies have unanimously decided that you make a law irrevocable under any circumstance that for the next 30 days, it's just a little time frame, nobody ask up. Now watch closely because here's where we, we blow it as Christians in America. We have forgotten to pray about things. We don't ask the Lord's blessing on stuff. We think it's just supposed to be at dinner or whatever. Oh, we're so fouling up when we do that. You need to, as Paul said in Philippians chapter 4, in everything by prayer. Not to get an okay that, well, I should do this. or No, get the Lord's blessing on it. Cause it to work. Okay. Boy, we're not supposed to be asking a favor of God or man except from you, your majesty. Anyway, they'll be thrown to the lines. Your majesty, we request your signature on this law. Sign it so that it cannot be canceled or changed. It'll be the law of the Medes and the Persians. Cannot be revoked. Well, Darius, he fell for it. He didn't mean to, but he did. Darius signed the law. But though Daniel knew about it, wouldn't you be scared? No. Look what he did. He went home and knelt as usual in his upstairs bedroom with his window open to Jerusalem because he was 500, 600 miles away from Jerusalem, probably further. He opened his window toward Jerusalem. Now, why'd you do that? Great, 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 Solomon. Solomon, when he dedicated the temple, he said, when we lose our minds, worship other gods, and we get hauled off as slaves somewhere, if anybody anywhere will turn toward this temple and pray, God, you rescue them and get them out of trouble. So Daniel was doing that. But now notice what he did here. He prayed three times a day, just as he always did, uh, giving thanks to God. All right. These men thronged to Daniel's house. Look what they did. They found him praying there. Look what he was doing. He wasn't just going through some rituals. Three times a day, Daniel would say, oh, a few more minutes, I'm going to go tell the Lord about this. <laughs> and that's what we need to do. At least three times a day, I like to say when you're hurting. When things go wrong, that should be your reminder. Oh, Lord, I need help. I need help at work. I need help financially. I need help here. I need help my back or this or whatever, my head or whatever, whatever, whatever your problem is. Asking favors of his God? No, he's pr prayer is to show that we appreciate God. No, <laughs> we need his help. Anyway, they rushed back to the king, reminded him about it. Haven't you signed a decree? They demanded that permits petitions to any God. No, notice what they said, petitions. It wasn't like going home, home, home. We're asking God for stuff. We need his help. Praise the Lord. Big difference here in the Bible. We're not supposed to be asking petitions to any God except you for 30 days. Now, I want you to watch, that, watch the king's response. We're almost done with this and we're out of here. Uh, and anyone doing that is going to be tossed to the lions. Yes, the king replied. It's the law of the Medes and the Persians. It cannot be altered or revoked. Uh-oh. Then they told the king, uh, that fellow Daniel, your right-hand guy, you put him over the hole. Boy, this ticked the king off. He saw their trick. 
One of the Jewish captives paying no attention to you. He's asking, here it is again, favors of his God. Boy, that's what we need to do. Praise the Lord. I need help today, Lord. Three times a day. Hearing this, the king was very angry. What? With, with Daniel? No, with himself. Now, you know what's going to happen to these clowns. They're the ones that are going to get killed. Anyway, uh, for signing the law, was de- look at this, was determined to save Daniel. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, there's people that you don't know that are on your side trying to help you. Okay, anyway. Dan- he spent the rest of the night uh, trying to think of some way to, say, to get Daniel out of this predicament. In the evening, the men came to the king. Well, nothing you can do. See, they hated Daniel. You sign the law, can't be changed. What a bunch of outlaws on your staff. So the king gave the order for Daniel's arrest. He was taken to the den of lions. Now look what the king said. Where did the king learn this? Well, tinky tinkle, well, well I was the other one. But he's, he knew the stories. He already knew. He knew the stories. Because this was, this was Darius. The king said to him, look at this. May your God, whom you worship continually, deliver you. And they threw him in. A stone was brought over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring, like we are talking about, and with that of his government, so that no one could rescue Daniel from the lions. Well, somebody is. Watch what happens. Here we go. Well, the king returned to his palace and went to his bed without dinner. He refused the usual entertainment, didn't sleep that night. Very early the next morning, he hurried out to the den of lions. I love this right here. And called out in anguish to Daniel. Daniel's servant, look at this, of the living God, was your God, whom you serve continually, able to deliver you from the lions? Praise the Lord. He heard a voice. Your majesty, live forever. What happened? Did you know this is in Hebrews chapter 11? And before we close, we'll see it in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul said, and he delivered me from the mouth of the lions. See, Paul got thrown to the lions. They didn't get him either. Okay. Look what he says. God sent his angel. Oh, I wish we had angels. Are you kidding? There's angels encamped about us. We already see in Psalm 34. <clears throat> to shut the lion's mouth so that they can't touch me. For I'm innocent before God, nor, sir, have I wronged you. Now, look at this. The king was beside himself <laughs> with joy. And he ordered Daniel lifted it. This is like, uh, what do they call it? Uh, double jeopardy. He didn't, in other words, the, the, the execution thing didn't work. So the laws are, if it didn't kill him, he's free. Okay. So, boy, they got him out immediately. Well, you know what happened. Not a scratch was found on him. Look at this. Now, can we do that? Of course. We're supposed to believe in our God, too. Take, for instance, Peter on the water. He's doing great. He's doing great. And all of a sudden, he's not doing great. He's sinking. It was the Lord's will. No, it wasn't. It was Peter's will. Peter, Peter got to going, oh, it's windy out here. It was a simple fault of not trusting the Lord. He got scared of his, his situation. You could get scared of some lions, too. But you need to do what? Well, I'm down here. Got to make the best of this. Lord, I was just praying with you about the finances over in that province, but now i got some lion's teeth over here I need to bring up. How about keeping me free from these lion's teeth over here? You know, Yeah, the Lord do it. And not a scratch was found because he believed in his God. Then the king issued a, oh, look at this, boy. The king issued a command to bring the men who had accused Daniel and throw them in the den along with their, oh, that's not political. It doesn't matter. This is real life. All their kids and wives and the lions leaped on them and tore them apart before they hit the bottom. Oh, my goodness. Look what Darius did. King Darius wrote this message, addressed it to everyone in his empire. Greetings. Hello, I'm your king. 
I decree that everyone shall tremble in fear before the God of Daniel in every part of my kingdom, for he is the living God, unchanging God. Watch this. Whose kingdom shall never be destroyed and whose power shall never end. Look at this. He delivers his people. Now, come on, saints. Get this. Preserving them from harm. And we can go home today and think about what we got problems with and stuff. And we'll just think, oh, I don't know. And we have Daniel in the lion's den. We have a king that recognized it. And he said, he put out an email and said, let me tell you something. His God will deliver you. Well, we go, well, maybe. Well, that's because we live in a maybe Christianity society. But it's not true. He will. He will. Look at this. I'm not done. He does. He didn't say he did. He does great miracles in heaven and earth. It is he who delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Now, look, at, we're not even done. Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Oh, my goodness. Now, real quickly, catch this over here in 2 Timothy. Look what happened. We go to chapter, there's a point right here in 3, and then we'll catch 4. Ah, uh, let's see. Where is that? This is second. This is second Timothy, three. Yeah, he says uh, while I was in this is in the book of Acts while I was at New Hope, Gunnersville, whatever. But he says the Lord delivered me. Wow, all these difficult problems and stuff like that. Now go to the fourth chapter. Look what he says. Same thing. He says, man, these guys were trying to get me. Uh, let's see. Here it comes right here. This guy here. You could say the mayor of Huntsville, boy, he did me much harm. The Lord punished him, uh, but be careful of him because he's fought against us, everything we said. Uh, anyway, these guys were trying to attack me, but watch this. He says, the Lord, the Lord stood with me, gave me opportunity to boldly preach the whole sermon before the war, for the world to hear, and he saved me from being thrown to the lions. Wow. The, let's take a note right here. It actually says literally, look at that. The Greek text says, I was literally delivered out of the mouth of the lion." And you have that same story in, uh, I mean, the same reference in the book of Hebrews. Father, we thank you for your word today. We're just going to take note of what happened to Daniel there. Praise the Lord. You took care of him. Even the king said, there's no God like you that'll do these wonderful things. And we'll take David's tip at least three times a day, pray about our problems. <laughs> Father, we just thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. You'll also take care of us financially. You'll take care of us no matter what the problem is. Suppose it was lions. You'll get us out of that. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others what great things you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Last Daniel in the lion's den. Glory. No wonder.